Gyanatmarandasya Gyananjana Salakaya Chaksur Militam Jena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha Mukam Karati Bhata Lam Pango Lang Hayate Girim Yadkripa Tamahang Bande Sri Gurundinatarinam Bande Ham Sri Guru Sri Jata Parakamalam Sri Gurun Vaisnavangscha Sri Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Raganatam Ritang Tang Sajevam Sadvaitam Savadutam Parijana Sahitam Sri Krishna Chaitanya Devam Sri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lalita Sri Vishakan Vitangscha Nitai Gaurgadadhara Dvaita Sri Bhas Nananda Lila Maya Vigrahaya Himava Divyaschavisundaraya Tasmai Mahaprema Vasapradaya Chaitanya Chandraya Namo Namaste We have a question from Krishna Pada Prabhu, Salt Lake City. We hear Srila Guru Maharaj say that the environment is not the problem, that we ourselves are the problem and not to quarrel with the environment. But say when you are in a hot atmosphere and you are wearing too many layers, do you not take off some layers, move to a cooler spot or make an adjustment to that environment? Could you speak about this according to the perspective of our spiritual life? In the Bhagavad Gita, uh, Krishna tells Arjun, Matras sparshas dukonteya shitoshno sukadukada agama paino nityam tams titik shashva bharata. He says that the environment, the karmic circumstances we're surrounded by, and literally the world we find ourselves in, uh, he compares to season, seasonal changes. And his advice is tolerance, tongs titikshasva, to tolerate it. And as he says, Krishnapada and the question, so if necessary, you remove some layers or open an umbrella or put on more according to the circumstance. But um, that is not to uh, blame the environment uh, or the uh, circumstances as the sole cause of your suffering. It's a superficial cause of suffering. But what is at the heart of the matter, the root of the matter, is something else right, that has uh, placed us in this circumstance. Right? Ichadvesha samutvena dvanva mohena bharata, again in the Gita, and then Manu Sangita. Tamasa bahurupena beshtita karma hetuna. 
Manushas, all these different life forms you see. And as I've told, the bodily, the body is the uh, biological expression of the soul's delusion. And what is it based on? Vestita karma hetuna. He's saying, we're all dressed in our karma, right? which is more to the point. Right? <clears throat> we have generated the circumstances that we find ourselves in. Even from a scientific point of view, for every action, there's an equal and opposite reaction. And when the subject of karma uh, comes up in the Gita, Krishna to Arjuna, it's interesting to note that the first thing Krishna says to Arjuna, uh, and I'm paraphrasing, is it's complicated. Right? Or promise. The intricacies of karma are difficult to know. You know it's complicated. Right? What does it say? Even the, um, the experts are bewildered. I forget the verse, but saying, and, and trying to understand the intricacies of karma. It's very complicated because you're in a situation as a human being where you're making real time choices and that will have a future outcome, but you also have the uh, results, the reactions of former actions in different stages of development and expression. Rupa Goswami discusses this, quoting the Padma Purana and the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. And he said, some uh, karmic reactions are in seed form. Some of them have sprouted, some have flowered, and some are bearing fruit. So they're in all different stages of expression. And in the midst of that, you're making real-time choices. So Krishna tells Arjun, it's complicated. But nonetheless, it is, uh, if for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction, in that sense, it's warranted. We are responsible for the karmic circumstances that we find ourselves in. So the message of the Gita, as he alludes to here, saying, not to quarrel with the environment, but as the aphorism is there, or the cliche, heal or heal thyself. Um, make an inner adjustment. But if we want to pursue this line of thought deeper than the pages of the Bhagavatam, they're the Brahma Stuti, the prayers of Brahma, Tattenu Kampam Susamikshamano Bunjane Vatmakritam Ripakam. Where he says, Susamiksha is the word that is used. Samiksha means to um, analyze. But Susamiksha, means very, uh, you know, like to scrutinize, to analyze 
very you know, uh, acutely to take it to another level. Tatenu kampam susamikshamanu. So, in Guru Maharaj's words, he's saying, so these karmic circumstances that you find yourself in, that footnote we have generated, but they're not to your liking or uh, we're suffering. Right? Is it meant to uh, take you down, to undo you? Or is there some way to interpret this in a positive light. So here, Guru Maharaj says, the devotee, one with more advanced spiritual vision, with greater depth, seeing beyond the superficial aspect of any circumstance or situation, able to see deeper, said, we'll see the friendly hand of Krishna in the background. Like the test. We know teachers, they do a, um, what do you call it? a flash quiz, pop quiz, it goes by various names. Unannounced, they decide to test the students. Why? Because the teacher may have the impression that they're only feigning uh, comprehension. So to see where they're at uh, as a whole in terms of um, imbibing, uh, uh, you know, the teachings. An unannounced pop quiz is given. Let's say, now close the books, and here comes this test. And it's usually met with, uh, you know, groans or um, um, some uh, irritation or annoyance. But why is the teacher doing this? Um, someone might think like, our teacher is very mean. He's not a nice teacher, not a good teacher. Right. But it, really, is that the case? Or is it that uh, the teacher is really doing a service to the students by this test coming, uh, being given, will uh, allow them to identify upon the things that they do not comprehend properly, to give that their focus, their attention. It'll be revealed through testing, right, where the flaws are. Where, where one needs to develop. So, um, the greater the depth of devotional vision, the more favorable the interpretation of the circumstances. So we hear of Queen Kunti, Vipadak Shantutak, Shashvat Tatra Tatra Jagad Guru Babato Darshanam Yatshad Apunar Baba Darshanam. She's reflecting upon her pastimes with Krishna and the Pandavas. 
and we know the Pandavas repeatedly were put into very dangerous situations, life-threatening situations. Uh, and the, the, the point of emphasis from her is that upon reflection she realizes those were the times of the greatest intensity of her focus, uh, remembrance, uh, dependence, taking shelter, and that other times when things were seemingly uh, fine and going on you know, normally, that there was a tendency to be distracted from that which is substantial, right? to become forgetful or complacent. So she's so advanced that she comes to the conclusion, he's saying, Bhavato darshanam yachad apunar bhava darshanam. By having darshan of you through remembrance of you, then bhava this, we don't have to see, uh, experience this world of suffering anymore. So it would be, then if adverse circumstances compel me to enter that level, that depth of uh, focus, concentration, remembrance, then adversity would be good for me. Now we know no one is inviting adversity other than Queen Kunti, right? But she has achieved that, that's her level of interpretation, right? So again, in the Gita, Bhoktaram yagyatapasam sarvaloka maheshwaram. Krishna, Bhokta, he, everything is meant for his enjoyment. Bhoktaram yagyatapasam, all yagyas, tapasya. Right? Here's what, what is Yagyavai Vishnu from the Vedas and Yagyeshwar. That's why Brahma was. Um, Vimohan, bewildered to see, he's thinking, normally the Lord is worshipped with yagya, there's a big sacrifice and then there's, you know, the, the offering, right? He eats only what is offered through yagya. And here I am to believe that this five-year-old boy sitting on the banks of the Jamuna with his cowherd boyfriends and his calves and and they're frolicking about, and they're having a picnic. He can do that too, the one who we're told only eats through yagya. And he learned that about the Aprakrita Leela of Krishna, the human-like pastimes of the central conception of the infinite. But, so, bhoktaram yagya tapasam sarvaloka maheshwaram, He's controlling everything. There's that saying, not a blade of grass moves without the will of God. Gurumars would extend it to dust. <laughs> right, so whatever, the, the, whatever you can see of the finest thing, not moving without a will of God. The electron, the neutron, the proton, the quark. So, uh, then, 
one would have to question, so we see, if on, on uh, that level, the movement is attributed to divinity, then what to speak of things that are seemingly more significant? Right. Then we'll, that in the background, the, the, the divine, divinity. So then we'll have to think, is this meant to take me down? Like this, it's meant to make me fail or pass to the next level. Is he uh, inimical to me or friendly to me? Right. Who's controlling all circumstances? Is my enemy or my friend? Has my self-interest at heart, and not only myself, the whole animation, in the words of Guru Maharaj and throw in the inanimate as well. Right. Next line. Bhaktaram yagya tapasam sarvaloka maheshwaram suhridam sarvabhutanam. Because the, what was said in the first two lines might uh, uh, give one pause. Right. Supreme enjoyer, controlling everything. You know, what about us? What about you? Suhridam Sarabhutanam. And he's the dearmost friend of every living being. So like in this world, it's not what you know, but who you know. If the person you know, and not just know, but is your dearmost friend, is controlling everything, then it cannot be against your self-interest. And this point to embrace this, to understand this, to have faith in the truth of this. Suhridam Sarabhutanam, what does Krishna say? Gyatva mam shantim richtati. Knowing this, if you can know this and believe this, embrace this understanding, then gyatva mam shantim then you'll be free from anxiety and peaceful knowing that Krishna's friendly hand is in the background of all events. So, <clears throat> we're living in the world of mortality. When events transpire in such a way is to make that inescapably obvious we're upset. Because right? we prefer to, um, what's the word? When you're, I guess, oblivious is one word, right? To be oblivious to our mailing address, which is the world of mortality. So we want it to be uh, kept as far away as possible not to uh, rain on our little parade of exploitation. And then the Latin phrase, memento mori, right? death reminders, which is supposed to be one of the themes of art. And by that, we don't just mean paintings, but we mean literature, right? When, if it's to be taken seriously, it must deal with one of these subjects. Memento mori, death reminders. 
Uh, we, I, you know, we, know, we hear that Chekhov is arguably the greatest short story writer of all time. And so everyone should read a little Chekhov. <laughs> so, and I, uh, what's the name? It's called Ionich? Yonich. Okay, Yonich, not Ion. <laughs> All right, Yonich. Right. I still think you could have chose a better title for it, but you know, I'm not Chekhov. <laughs> but in this story, just to give you an example, I thought, well, if he, he's supposed to be this great writer, and short stories are supposed to be the hardest kind of story to write because it can have no, nothing unnecessary can be introduced there. So what is this story about? You know, and if it's consistent with the themes of great literature, then Memento Mori could definitely uh, be one of the themes. And in a nutshell, a man at a party in Petersburg is obsessed with a girl who's like musician, dancer, singer. She's much younger than him, but he's enamored. And she's not unaware of that. So before the party ends, she passes a note to him saying, meet me in the cemetery at midnight. So when he goes home, he still has, his intelligence is still operating at this point. And he's thinking, I'm not such a fool. This girl is just toying with me. Meet me in the graveyard, the cemetery at midnight. I'm, I'm not that kind of a foolish man. You know? That's how he was thinking around 10.30. Right? As the clock started going more towards midnight, and he started to think, what if she actually goes and I, I'm not there? <laughs> like the praying mantis, she was eating his brain. <laughs> we saw a praying mantis today, if someone wonders where that came from. Anyway, so he's thinking, if I on the odd chance that she's serious, I should go there. And he gets his driver, takes him to the cemetery, and midnight hour, the bewitching hour comes, but no bewitcher, she does not show, he's there alone, and he decides to walk through the, the cemetery. And as he's walking through the cemetery, uh, he's observing the names and dates, birth dates and death dates on the gravestones. And it occurs to him that they were young men, women like he and that girl. They also had hopes, aspirations, loves, plans. Right, as John Lennon said, in his own, life is what happens to you while you're busy making other plans. Three months ago, people were ma busy making other plans. Then all their plans came to an end. Just like everyone who's still 
who has survived. They are full of plans, hopes, conventional aspirations. Not unlike anyone else, not a particular class of people, not unlike anyone else. And then all of those plans finished because this is the world of mortality. And I thought, when, about Chekhov, I thought, so he's arguably the greatest story writer. And I thought, this underscores how excellent he is at storytelling. He's telling you a story, in essence, setting up something that doesn't happen. A lesser writer would think about what happens. He's so masterful, he's telling you something where nothing, what you anticipate will happen does not happen. The girl doesn't come, you think. So what kind of a story is that? It's a better story because of her not showing that leads him on this, and uh, you say, tour of the cemetery of the graveyard, and he realizes, as the verse, Guru Maharaj liked to quote from Gray's Elegy, Gurudev liked it so much as well, the boast of heraldry, the pomp of power, all that beauty, all that wealth e'er gave, awaits alike the inevitable hour, the paths of glory lead but to the grave. So he dealt with that issue, that's why it's considered to be art. It's not something we should run away from, but we should confront. Right? Shakespeare, right? out, out, brief candle. What does that mean? The brief candle is life. Out, out, brief candle, life's, life's but a walking shadow. Subjective evolution, chayabas. Chayabas, Chirabas. Life's but a walking shadow. A poor player who struts and frets his hour upon the stage and then is heard no more. We all have a very limited time here. Labva sudulabam bahusam babante. Manusham artadam. You know, it, life is temporary, but you get an opportunity. Uh, for liberation, not uh, social liberation, national liberation, economic liberation, uh, women's liberation, or any other sort of uh, liberation in the crematorium, right? within the jurisdiction of the crematorium. According to Google, they say, what is it? How many, uh, 10 billion people have lived? We accept what Veda says, Koning Bhaktivinoda, but just let's deal with them, because people are more familiar with Google than Bhaktivinoda Thakur. But they say 10 billion people, or excuse me, 100 billion people have lived, I'm sorry. 100 billion people have lived, you know, known. So, and what's the present population of the earth? Less than 10 billion. So let's just deal in round numbers. So 90 billion have come and gone. Right. Right. No one is exempt. 
uh, you know, a poor player who struts and frets his hour upon the stage. Ninety billion players strut and fretted, you know, their hour upon the stage and are heard no more, right? unless you were infamous, mainly. The way to, uh, to ha uh, have your name and fame exist for a long time in history is more or less to be infamous to do something really horrible to the rest of all the other people. That'll be remembered. Right. It is a tale you know, told by an idiot, full of sound and fury, signifying nothing. We know when, uh, who is it, uh, Gandharvas, the dancers and singers on Brahmaloka, Brahma's watch, and from a lower planet, someone came to approach Brahma for some relief in their planetary system, and they were told, when he finishes, when the dancers, singers finish, you know, 15 minutes, then you can meet with Brahma. Oh, okay, well, let's watch the show. Wonderful, nice singing, beautiful singing, beautiful dancing. They finish, and Brahma says, how may I assist you? And the person says, Oh, it doesn't matter, no, because the people I wanted you to help, they all passed away hundreds of thousands of years ago. Why? Because, you know, uh, how do you say, six months of the heavenly planets, six, our six months is a day there, keep extrapolating, Bhur, Bhuva, Mahar, Jana, Tapa, Satya, by the time you get to Satya Loka, um, 4,300,000,000 years a day, the average lifespan there, 15 trillion years, Brahma at the end of 311 trillion years will also die. Ah, Brahma Bhuvana Loka, Punar Avartunojana, Mamupechitakontiya, Punar Janmana Vidyate. Not even the great Brahma is exempt in the world of mortality. So, uh, and the events in this world. Uh, Guru Maharaj in the famous talk, and, and I was saying, I wanted to dedicate this talk to Dhananjaya Prabhu, Chaitanya Moi, Manendra Mohan, Krishna Kanta Didi, Shanti Moi Didi, and all the Italian Bhakta Vrinda, our God brothers and God sisters there, there were thinking of them, that, and I spoke to uh, Munendra Mohan Prabhu and Krishna Kanta Didi, and I was recalling Guru Maharaj's response to um, the proposition of World War III, and that's in the search for Sri Krishna, reality of the beautiful, and they mentioned they had been reading with other devotees that very section of the book the evening before. But the famous lines that those who are familiar with it come away with is Guru Maharaj saying, a point on a line, a line in a plane, a plane in a solid. And for those not familiar with this type of thought, he means, what is a line but an infinite number of points? So he's saying, this point in history, this event 
in time and space and history is a point on a line, which is an infinite number of points. And what is a line? Uh, excuse me, yeah. Uh, and then he says, a, a point on a line, a line on a plane. A plane is an infinite number of lines. So he's saying, from an uh, overview, it's, it's insignificant. It doesn't mean our hearts aren't breaking, that people are not suffering, that we're not lamenting the loss of loved ones. But from the overview, people say, what is the use of philosophy? It has no practical value, Gormer said. When it comes to dealing with death, you'll understand the value of philosophy. So from a philosophical point of view, and not only if you say, oh, but that's you know, religion and philosophy. No, from a scientific point of view, there's a book out that had to be written well before uh, this pandemic because it was released around a month ago. So when you consider how long it takes to publish a book, and it was uh, um, the research and writing was done long before that. And it's about the end of the world or the end of the universe. And it's written by a credible scientist who's saying something that scientists have known for a long time, but is either relatively unknown with the people in general or not attributed much importance because it's so long from now, which means the expiration date of the universe. So, as we've said before, you know when you, you know what power is in mathematics? Like when you do two squared, two to the third power, two to the fourth. So if you take 10 squared, it's 100, right? So then 10 to the third, four. If you turn that in the years, someone will say, some scientists will say, well, it could be 10 to the 10th power in years, or 10 to the, 12th, some maybe the 14th, but they might disagree on, you know, which power it will be, but they're all in a consensus that it has an expiration date. So all of what we know now, all of human history, all human geography, everything we know, it will vanish. That's not a religious idea, a religious notion. It's a, scientific, it's a scientifically accepted one, right? So all of this will vanish. Then what will, will our life have been? Is human life just meant for conventional aspirations? And by that I mean an allusion to like, uh, what do you call it, biological imperative, meaning reproduction, right? Ahara nidraya baya maitunyam cha. Eating, sleeping, reproduction, and you know, defense, shelter, however, you know, uh, uh, creating a situation where you can become free from fear and anxiety. We're told that we hold uh, in common with animals. What separates us, is this 
the word used here is dharma, but really what it's alluding to is this <clears throat> inner purpose, inner necessity. Right? We are the only species who uh, ask why, who uh, contemplates purpose, right? fulfillment, um, value. means beyond uh, base necessities. We value the concepts in a book. A moth just sees food. Right? A dog doesn't understand the value of gold. There are many examples like that. So we're talking about something that is subjective. And remember, just because something is subjective does not mean that it's not true. Right? Because uh, it can't be proven by conventional means. Right? You can't prove that something is funny. You can't prove that someone is beautiful. That doesn't mean that there is no such thing as humor or beauty or other subjective things. And just because one person does not perceive that does not uh, deny the possibility of its existence to another. So we're talking really about what is subjective right, in terms of value. So Guru Maharaj says in that section, learn to live in the plane of your faith. Shraddha mayoyam loka, that which does not vanish when this world vanishes. That's our bet. That's the theistic bet. Right? That's the fight, the noble fight. Right. It's not cowardice. As Guru Maharaj said, come and face the real fight. What is it? About mortality. You're in the mortal world. But how is it framed by uh, humanists? Even the great atheist, Christopher Hitchens, who died from cancer a few years ago, he said, whenever someone gets a terminal illness, that's always framed in terms of a battle. You know, they'll say, you know, he's a fighter. He's going to fight this thing. He's not going down without a fight. And as I may have mentioned before, there's a place called Ladbrokes, for those who don't know. It's either in England, Ireland, or both. And they take bets on anything. You can bet on anything there, not just a horse race or sports. You can place a bet with them on just about anything, probably on, like, when the universe will end. <laughs> but I'm saying, if they would take a bet on this cancer battle, I'm, be I'm betting with cancer. Right. So then Hitchens concluded by saying, and when the person finally passes, he said, it's as if to say that he finally succumbed and died after a long struggle with mortality. Mortality. In the, oh, and interestingly, in the Bhagavatam, it may seem harsh or cruel or too much, but after Sukadeva Goswami has spoken the, the, uh, the bulk of the Bhagavatam to Parikat Maharaj, and he's giving his final advice to him. 
And this means he's described Krishna Leela, you know, all the avatars, the dynasty, everything leading up to uh, Krishna and his Madhura Rasa pastimes with Srimati Radharani and Brother Gopis. But he turns to them and says, Tantarajan Murisheti Pashubudhimi Mamjahi. I was shocked when I heard this. He says, don't believe, to believe that you will die, that's Pashubudhi, that's animal intelligence. So this is, you know, Eastern philosophy, Indian theism, Vedic understanding 101, right? that you're not the material body, that Prabhupada spent, you know, 10 years hammering. You're the Atma, Atma Gyan of the second chapter of Bhagavad Gita. After all of this instruction, Sukadev turns to Parikit Maharaj and says, don't be afraid to die. That's animal consciousness. And we say, well, that's very easy to say. It is, it's easy to say. To realize is another thing. I, my responsibility is to be a medium for what is said there. I don't mean to imply that I have no such fear. But in the pages of the Bhagavatam, it's considered, it's called Pashubudhi, that fear. Remember, Janmam Rityu Jaravyadi. Bhagavad Gita, Dukkha Doshanu Darshanam. Krishna's saying, You want to understand the world? This is what it is. It's a place of suffering. What are the basic types of suffering? Janma, birth, death, old age, disease. Right? This happened a hundred years ago in 1918. Somehow we think it won't happen again or it won't happen to us. Right? We won't be in those numbers, in the statistics. When Yudhisthira Maharaj is having his conversation with Yamaraj, uh, and I thought as a side point that, you know, if you were talking to the Lord of Death, You'd really want to ask him things. <laughs> but what's surprising is he's asking you to steer Maharaj questions. You know, it's Yamaraj. Anyway, and what he, what, because as much as we're interested to know about the world of death, we can understand thematically, he's interested to understand about the world of the living and says to him, what's the most uh, astonishing thing about the world of the living? And what does Yudhisthira Maharaj say? Ahani, ahani, bhutani, gachantiha, jamalayam, shesha, staram, ichchanti, kim ascharja atakparam. Ascharja means incredible, astonishing. He's saying, I can't think of anything that is more astonishing that the, than this. That according to Google, 90 billion people have died. And that's just human beings and all the other living beings around them were discovering you know, fossils every day. Right? So how much death there's been up to this point of human beings and other species and everything imaginable or unimaginable? And we know, statistically, scientifically, it's not some wacky religious idea, 
that we all must die, right? They'll say, no, the Google guys say that they're going to download all the knowledge and robots and then the machine learning, they'll figure out how we can scan copies of ourselves and then load down, make a backup and download yourself into a robot made out of diamonds and then you can live forever. <laughs> no. Everyone has to, that's why Guru Maharaj says, deal, don't be a coward and run away from this, is that you have to deal with mortality. It's inescapable for everything here because even if you become one of those diamond robots who can so-called live forever, you're going to be finished too at, at the end of the trillion, trillion years or whatever it is. We put 311 trillion on it with Brahma. But, you know, if, even if you're going to be with Mark and Dea Rishi floating on a banyan leaf, which I don't see any description of that in the Bhagavatam, there's not room for two on the banyan leaf. <laughs> Sooner or later, you have to deal with this inevitable problem. Right? So that's what Yudhisthira says. So although everyone around us, everyone before us has died, around us everyone is dying. Like now, so many people are dying. It's, it's unavoidable. You cannot hide your head in the sand about this. It's everywhere. A few months ago, they said that while this was part of the news in the West and China, they said it's not just big news, it's the only news. If you look at the current news, it's the only news and, and the economic effects of this event. That's the news. Right? That's what he's telling. This is the news. The news is at any moment, any one of us may have to go, may have to withdraw from this plane. So then what is the purpose of life? We're thinking, what he says, what is most astonishing? Still, somehow, hope against hope, we're holding out, it won't be me. I won't be in those numbers, I won't be in those statistics. Somehow I'll make it through. Then for what purpose to uh, cherish conventional aspirations. I mean, you know, to the biological imperative to reproduce. We're not pandas. You know, you could understand why they have, they, that, that could be a big program for them. If we're something more than pandas, then what is that? purpose. When we were leaving London with Srila Gurudev and he said, uh, as uh, the, his servitors were preparing the luggage for the flight, and, and Gurudev turned to me and said, Maharaj, you cannot imagine how happy I was in my village life. And I thought, that's really unusual. Usually, People who are in connection with Krishna consciousness will tell you how miserable they had become. And that led them to uh, take shelter of the Krishna consciousness movement. <laughs> but Srila Govindamara is saying, oh, my I was so happy. I loved everyone, everyone loved me. 
all the people, he said, the birds, the animals, the trees. He said, even the rickshaw wallows. <laughs> With some sort of gradation there. I don't know if that's in the Padma Purana or not. But so, and he said, and then Guru Maharaj's representatives came from Chaitanya Saraswat Mat preaching in his village. And he said, and the lead preacher told him, uh, your father will die, your mother will die, this whole world will vanish. Then what will you do? Your father is nothing, your mother is nothing, this world is nothing, it will all vanish. Then what? And, Gur and, and Gurudev introduced that by saying, and he came talking this nonsense. Mother is nothing, father is nothing, world is nothing, it will all vanish. And he said, but it struck a sympathetic chord in my heart and I could not deny the, uh, its truth, the validity. <clears throat> so, still, the, the one other thing I wanted to say but so then we're told that during this period, the safest thing to do is you know, self-isolation, to go into isolation. And for some that's very difficult to do, for some less, but it's the advice to stop all the social interaction. And as a side point, it's interesting to note that due to the temporary suspension of economic development and everything that goes with it, blue skies have returned, clear water in Venice, you know, due to no tourists or no manufacturing. And so before we just uh, and he said, go back to business as usual, maybe some adjustments should be made. But, you know, look at that blue sky and think about it. If there's some adjustment you can make, look at that clear water. That's a side point. But dealing with the principle of isolation and uh, I was telling Krishna Kantadidi and Munendra that one time when I was living in Europe, uh, there was some discrepancy with my international driver's license. And I was going from Austria to Germany, and it was no, you know, that German pres precision, precision, um, proficiency. They noted that, and somehow, I'm I'm giving the the condensed version. I was incarcerated. <laughs> Which, for those who don't know, it incarcerated. I was thrown in jail in solitary confinement immediately. And I was presented to a judge, and through a German interpreter, the lady told me with a smile on her face, she said, This matter should be resolved in three weeks. Entschuldigen Sie bitte. 
So I went to my cell wearing these woolen pants and the woolen coat, and I asked for if I could have two things, my japa mala and a volume Chaitanya Charitamritam. And they, they consented to that. And then, so I was in the cell, chanting and thinking, I need to keep my composure. If I allow this confinement to, if I lose my composure and confinement, I'm going to lose my mind you know, and be tormented mentally, psychically. <clears throat> so I started having a dialogue with myself. And it ran something like this, I was saying. Your whole life you spend in a room this size. So now you're in a room this size. You're always in a room this size. So don't be disturbed by that. It's just in a different location. But you spend your whole life in a room this size. But then the other part of the dialogue said, but there's a difference. At the time I was living in Vienna, said there's a, it's true, this room and the room in Vienna are a similar size. The difference is, you decide to be in that room in Vienna and you did not make the choice to be in this room. So the difference between these two rooms is freedom. It's not the room that's the difficulty. Your freedom has been taken from you. You don't have a choice. The room in Vienna, you can decide not to be in there, to go for a walk or do whatever is necessary. In this room, you cannot decide not to be here. You can only be here. And then I thought, this is a problem. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, that's my freedom. It's the freedom. It's not the size of the room. or the, It's that I've lost my freedom, my choice. We're told it's so innate to the existence of the jiva, you cannot remove the free will. Because in Jaiva Dharma, at one point, it's brought up that, well, if it's by misuse of the free will of the jiva that brings them into the suffering condition, take away the free will. Make it so that they can only be, you know, happy, happy, happy all the time, time, time. And Bhaktivinoda Alexander said, no, understand. It's so innate, if you remove free will from the jiva, jiva doesn't exist anymore. And somehow, I see a connection between this and the poet Auden. You know who Auden is, right? Auden. Wrote a famous saying, what was it called? 1914, anyway, he has a line that and I, I'm not saying Autumn would agree with me, but I told you, cry on at the, under the screen, bottom of the screen, saying, I reserve the right to uh, appropriate anything I've ever heard anyone say to promote Krishna conception. The cry on at the bottom of the screen. So he said, we are composed of eros and dust. 
And then I thought, yes. But it's not the dust, let go of the dust part. That, that's the part that can finish. The arrows part is permanent. It will live on. There must be a domain where that aspect can be expressed. And that's only dealt with in Krishna conception. Muktir hitvanyata rupam svaropene vivastiti. Shed, you know, the shackle of the dust aspect, the arrow's part is permanent and has a plane of expression in, in the domain of divine love of Krishna. So, what did I say before? Oh, back in the jail cell. So then I thought, and I had heard one devotee within the last year for something that, say in the U.S., would have been considered a minor infraction, was serving two years internment. Yeah. And so I thought, this could be something like that. I need to take this very seriously. Right? And I need to prepare myself to be confined indefinitely. That's the only way I'll be able to. If I'm thinking this is going to end tomorrow or a week from now, that won't be good for Because if not, then I'm going to be devastated psycho-emotionally. So I thought, I need to prepare myself that it could be indefinite confinement. And when I'm okay with that, then I can proceed. Should be nothing less than that. But I thought, how to get to that point? Now I understand what I need to do. How will I get there? So I chanted as much as I could, and then I remember, oh, I have my Chaitanya Charitamritam. So, and it turns out, it was Sanatan Shiksha, Mahaprabhu's instructions in the Sanatan Goswami which you may remember begins with Sanatana Goswami in jail. And while he's in jail, he gets a letter from Rupa Goswami. So I'm reading this, and, and uh, with great eagerness and anticipation. I'd read it before, but now it's showing some new light to me. <laughs> because of its relevance. That's the point. Achinoti yashastartam. That show, when there's so much in the scripture, what is relevant to us in our present situation and circumstance? That we need to know. So there is the, the letter of Rupa Goswami to Sanatana Goswami. And where he says, he's quoting uh, a sloka. And it says, Yarupate Pagata Matura Puri Matura Puri Ragupate Kwagatotara Koshala Iti Vicinta Kurusva Manastiram Nasaridam Jagadita Vadaraya. It's so beautiful. I, the only person I ever heard quote this was Srila Gurudev, once. 
At the time, I had not committed it to memory. But I thought, oh, he knows that. You know, and he used it so beautifully. But what he's saying here, and this is when the calm monastera means uh, mental composure, more than mental. And it's so perfect in context uh, and meaningful to devotees, aspiring devotees as well. It says, Yadupate kwa gata maturapuri. Saying, where's the maturapuri of Yadupati? That means Krishna. Right? There was a time when Krishna world was here. Right? We always read about Vrindavan and we say 5,000 years ago. I said, where is it gone? Ragupate, Kwagatotarakoshala. And the Ragu Bangsha, the dynasty of Ramachandra and his king, long gone to the point of considered by you know, mythology, vanished, withdrawn from this plane. So he's saying, if the Krishna world withdrew from this plane, the Ragu uh, Ramachandras, withdrew from this plane. Then he says, iti vichinta kurusma manastiram. Then make your mind steady by realizing what? Nasat idam. Na uh, sat. Uh, sat means it's not real. This world, it's not real. It's not permanent. It's temporary. Nasat idam jagadita badaraya. It's only here from some time and then it vanishes. As that scientist says in his book, but don't let the, the they say, oh, but that's going to happen, uh, you know, a trillion years from now. That's what Yudhisthira Maharaj is telling Yamaraj, is saying, that kind of thinking, that's what's astonishing. When you know better, everyone before you died, everyone around us is dying, and now it's been pushed in our face, and still we think it won't be us. Kim ascharja atakparam. What could be more astonishing than this? But, so if we uh, appreciate the letter of Rupa Goswami, then we understand that this is the time where ph philosophy shows its value. Deep thinking, dive deep into reality beyond the superficial aspects of temporal existence. And as Guru Maharaj said, live in the world of our faith. Our, I was discussing this with Srila Madhusudan Maharaj earlier, our happiness lies in uh, glorifying Hari Guru and Vaishnava. Right. When recently was the appearance day of Srivast Thakur, right. and what do we have in the kirtan at Srivast Angam? And that's where Mahaprabhu sang Hari Harai Namakrish, you know, the beginning of that. But that during one kirtan, uh, one of his sons died. Right. 
but he came out of the room and saying, what's wrong? And the wives, wife and others are saying, his son died. And they're all crying lamenting. He's saying, that may be, but don't disturb Mahaprabhu. Mahaprabhu is now in some deep ecstatic emotion. We don't want to um, disturb those divine emotions of his. Then you could say, oh, how callous is he? No, he is a loving, uh, but this is the depth of his devotion. That that is real and this is temporal. Right? But then afterwards, when it comes to Mahaprabhu's attention, and he's saying, Srivas, why didn't you tell me? He's saying, I didn't want to disturb you. And then Mahaprabhu was saying, like, can I ever leave such a devotee as this? He's totally purchased me with this type of love and affection. And because these are divine pastimes, it's like they say at the end of the movie, no animals were actually harmed in the making of this motion picture. So no one actually dies in these divine pastimes. Right? No souls were actually extinguished. Right? Go, read the Bhagavad Gita, chapter 2. Najayate mriyate vakadachin, etc. But that child who was actually perhaps the child of uh, Chitraketu in the Bhagavatam. So the child is revived by Mahaprabhu <laughs> and he starts giving a philosophical talk to everyone, telling them that this world, this is a child speaking now who just died, left the world. Then he comes back and says, this world is temporary. Don't put your faith here and try to live permanently in this plane. By the will of the Lord, I came here for some time. By his will, I'm leaving here now, going on to another situation. Don't lament for me. Bhakti Vichar Jajavar Maharaj was the last person to take sannyas from Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. But being a simple-hearted, pure devotee and humble in every way, and we had the good fortune to meet his divine grace and be bathed in his Vaishnava vision, uh, he, he uh, thought, what if I can't keep up? When the sannyas is offered by Saraswati, what if I can't maintain my vows? I can't keep the position. He was fearful, afraid. Right. So, Guru Maharaj, when he heard, and some devotees were saying, "Yes, Prabhu, that is you. What you were thinking, that is the correct thing. Tell Prabhupada you're not qualified." When Guru Maharaj heard this, he approached Srila Saraswati Thakur and said, uh, explain the situation, you know, about the hesitation. I think his name was Sarvananda, something along the lines. But anyway, Brahmachari. Uh, Saraswati Thakur called him to his side and he said, when you take sannyas, he says, you are approaching the Abhaya Prada, that means the 
fearless world, like Baja Hunre, Manasri Nanda Nandana, Abhaya Charanaravindare, right? Kamala Dala Jala Jivanatalamala. We see this all the time because we have lotus flowers here. When I first heard this song many years ago, I thought it was saying water on the lotus petals. That's not what it's saying. Because there's the lotus flower. That's another story. So many things are said about the lotus. This is talking about the leaf, the green leaf beneath the lotus flower. And if you'll see, you'll see a bead of water pooling on there. And they look like mirrors, actually, if you look at them closely. But you can watch it, and then without any indication, it just suddenly rolls off the leaf. It's not like you go, oh, it's going to happen. No, it just does it. And that's what he's saying. Kamala dala jala jivanatalamala. This life is like that water on the leaf of a lotus flower. It can finish at any moment. <clears throat> so Saraswati Thakur told Jajavar Maharaj, this is the world you should be afraid of. Not the spiritual world going in the di that direction. Don't be fearful of that. This world, which there's danger in every step, the Adi Atmic, Adi Devic, Adi Bhotic, Adi Devic miseries, as this present situation reminds us, it is inescapable. So if anything, if this can be used as a, um, as a catalyst or what's the word for like compel, but there's another word, push. I can't think of, huh? No, in terms of giving a push. Accelerate. That's a word. <laughs> There's another word I'm looking for, like prachodita, prachodati. Yes, all of these things. Can't find the precise word, but um, to nudge us to push us in the direction of internal culture, in, you know, self-reflection, self-analysis. It's a good time to reflect upon our lives up to this point, at present, and how we shall proceed. Right? But it's what is before us right now that is most important. As groomers like to quote that poetry, that says, you know, trust no future, however pleasant. <coughs> Let the dead past bury its dead. Act, act in the living present, heart within, God overhead. Compel, compulsion to dive deep into reality. Hare Krishna. Jai Om Vishnu Pad Paramahansa Paribraja Kacharja Satara Satishri Shri Maj Philabhakti Sundar Govinda Dev Goswami Maharaj Ki Jai Jai Om Vishnu Pad Philabhakti Rakak Sridhar Dev Goswami Maharaj Ki Jai Bhagavan Philabhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Ki Jai Jai Saparikar Sri Sri Guru Gauranga Gandharva Govinda Sundar Ju Ki Jai Shigiri Raj Govardhan Ki Jai 
Sri Rupanuga Guru Varga Ki Jai, Sri Rup Sanatan Bhatta Raghunasi Diva Gopal Bhatta Das Raghunasat Goswami Prabhu Ki Jai. Nama Charja Srila Haridas Thakur Ki Jai, Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Shivasati Gaur Bhakti Vrinda Ki Jai, Sri Sri Radha Krishna Govagovinath, Shamakunda Radha Kunda, Giri Govardhan Ki Jai, Vrindavan Dham Ki Jai, Navadip Dham Ki Jai, Sri Chaitanya Sarasvat Mat Ki Jai, Sri Gupta Govardhan Ki Jai, Ganga Devi Jamuna Devi Bhakti Devi Tulsi Devi Ki Jai, Om Vishnupad Vishvarenya Vishvarenya Sri Lesi Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada Ki Jai Sri Chaitanya Saraswat Madhacharya Brinda Ki Jai Jai Sri Bhaktivedanta Lavadut Maharaj Ki Jai Jai Sri Bhaktivedanta Madhusudan Maharaj Ki Jai Seva Brinda Ki Jai Samaveda Bhaktivedanta Ki Jai Nitai Go Primanande Hare Krishna Maharaj Ki Jai And Maharaj, our devotees all around the world are saying Dandavats from Suchitra Didi, Vijay Krishna Prabhu, uh, Jadugopal Prabhu, Krishna Das Prabhu, Kaushalendra Prabhu, Lakta, Priya Darshini Didi, Madhavi Didi, Turin, Italy, Madhavi Lada Didi, Madhugopal Prabhu, Mexico, Apri Flowers, that's the nickname, Ajita Krishna Das Prabhu, Kalyani Didi, Italy, Kanu Priya Didi, Ajitashi Didi, Gupta Govartan, Tananjai Prabhu, Russia, Dandavats mm. from Siberia, Praneshwari Didi, Jayanitai, humble pronouns to Maharaj and the assembled devotees on site and online. Yes. Grish Nagaraja, Dandavat pronouns to Srila Maharaj and all the devotees. Your insignificance slave, Gora Shakti Dasa, Adelaide, Australia. Yes. Shantimoyi Didi is saying, Oh dear Maharaj, thank you for your blessing. How lucky we are, Dandavas pronouns from Villa Govinda. I Venice in this lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> and now the waters are clear, so we'll come again. <laughs> we want divine flow. Dara, Rupanuga Dara. The last thing I was going to say, the gods, and the, you know, Mohini Murti, Kurma Avatar, they were not searching for amrita and immortality in the conventional sense. We'll talk about it in detail later. But Gurmarin said, but the ultimate nectarine substance, which is madhura rasa, which is presented in the pastimes of Radha and Krishna and the Brajagopis, just the prospect of some service connection with that plane gives the greatest meaning to the brief lives that we have. Hare Krishna. Bhansakalpa Tribhyastra Kripa Sindhu Bhavata Patita Nam Pavanevyo Vaishnavyo Namo Namaha.